Look at a story. You know, when we're, and we've been in the middle of a series, uh, God's plan for peace. And sometimes as a pastor, when we're working and putting messages together, uh, we have an idea, okay? And then the message, as God starts downloading it, God goes in a totally different direction, okay? So I don't know. Uh, as I put the message together, we might have just gotten in the middle of a new series, okay? I, I don't know, okay? Uh, but that's okay, okay? Because the, the Holy Spirit knows exactly what we need and what we need to hear. And so I just got some things that I want to share with you today. Uh, God's plan for peace, part six or part one, I don't know, okay? We'll, we'll see what happens, all right? Genesis chapter 25 uh, verse number 29, the Bible says this, all right? And Ethan, help me out and be sure you leave the, leave the verses on the screen plenty of time, okay? Genesis 25, verse 29. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness. He was exhausted and hungry. And Esau said to Jacob, he said, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. And this is how Esau got his name Edom which means red. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau, and what good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, first you must swear that your birthright is mine. And so Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all the rights as the firstborn son, or the first, as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. And then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew, and Esau ate the meal, then got up and left. He showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. You know, family is the greatest treasure on earth. You might say, well, Pastor Bob, you don't know my family, okay? You see, our friends can relocate from us, all right? We got good friends, and, and, and sometimes you know, just time and circumstances separates friends. But God gives us a family for a lifetime, okay? Now, as a, as a body of Christ, as a church, we are a family. And God has put us together for this time. But I want to encourage you to press in with your family because God has given them to help you and to bless you and to encourage you. We need family. These, the, this story in Genesis chapter 25 and, and several chapters here in Genesis tell the story of Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau were probably the most famous twins in all of history, okay? Now, some of you might say the most famous twins in all of history are the Olsen twins, Okay? If you had kids that grew up watching the Olsen twins, you know what I'm talking about, watching their movies or whatever. Okay, but Jacob and Esau, much more famous than the Olsen twins. But you know, I think about twins. Twins have got a connection. Twins are able to often communicate non-verbally or they share like-minded ideas. I read the, the true story of, of a couple of uh, twins and at four weeks of age, these twins were separated by adoption. It's very interesting 
that both sets of adoptive parents named the boys both Jim. And then uh, as they grew up, it was found that both boys, when they were young, had dogs named Toy. They also went on in their life to both marry women named Betty, then got divorced, both of them, and married women named Linda. You see, even though they didn't know each other, even though they were not around each other, they had like-minded ideas. Both of them had sons named James Allen. Both of them worked as deputy sheriffs. Even though they did not see each other or know each other, there was just something going on that connected them for their lifetime. Now let's talk about this story about Jacob and Esau. Isaac and Rebekah were married. Rebekah could not have children. You can read about this in the first part of Genesis chapter 25. And Isaac began to plead with the Lord to give Rebekah a child. Here's what happened. The Lord not only answered Isaac's prayers, but he said, Rebekah will have twins. I'm going to doubly bless you. And she will have twins. And soon thereafter, Rebekah became pregnant. And even during her pregnancy, the Bible says this in Genesis chapter 25, that while she was pregnant, that she could feel those twins were struggling against one another inside of her. They were like fighting on the inside of her. And so she began to talk to the Lord about, why is this happening to me? My, my, my children, she didn't know if they were boys or girls, but she, she felt and sensed that they were struggling against one another. And the Lord told Rebecca, she's, he said this, he said, each child, from each child a great nation will arise. The Lord told Rebekah, he said, these two nations will be rivals. He said, one nation will be stronger and will dominate the other one. And finally, the Lord told Rebekah, he said, that the older son would serve the younger son. So finally, Rebekah gives birth to Jacob and Esau. And Esau was born first, and the Bible says this, that Jacob was, was born second, and he was clutching on to the foot of Esau. At, at birth, the Bible says that Esau was red and he was covered with thick fur like, or thick hair like a fur coat. That's exactly what it says in the New Living Translation. We'll get to that a little bit later, probably next week, maybe, okay? But Jacob and Esau never had a peaceful relationship. Now, I don't know about you and your siblings, okay? You, you and your siblings might have had a tranquil relationship, a peaceful relationship, I never had one with my two sisters, okay? We were constantly fighting against one another. My older sister wanted to mother us, okay? And when mom wasn't around, she wanted to, to give us a spanking. And my younger sister wanted me to tease her until I punched her, okay? <laughs> have, have you had this problem? We struggled, okay? I got one of my best friends, he was constantly fighting with his younger brother, okay? I don't know what your relationship was with your siblings, whether it was peaceful or whether it was rocky, whether it was wonderful and tranquil or there was a struggle. Well, when Jacob and Esau had their relationship, they were constantly in a struggle with one another. They were constantly in disagreement, and conflict and disagreement robbed them of the joy of brotherhood. 
And eventually the conflict would separate them for many years and even for decades. The first thing I want to talk to you about is this. Conflict will separate us, but agreement will strengthen us. Conflict separates, but agreement brings us together. It strengthens strengthens us. So, you know, I got this idea. I'm talking about God's plan for peace. I'm thinking, okay, that's it, God. This is going to be God's plan for peace today because we need agreement instead of conflict. They always had conflict. There's a struggle going on. There were twins, famous twins. They supposedly had some kind of a connection. They could have worked together as a combined force But instead, they were constantly struggling against one another. The Bible says this in Psalms chapter 133, verse 1. It says, how wonderful and pleasant it is for brothers to live together in harmony. It's wonderful. If you can have agreement with other people, if we can get into agreement, we can do anything. Okay? If we can work together, if we can serve together, if we, can, if we can build the kingdom of God together, we can do nearly anything. Husbands and wives, if you will come together in agreement, you can do nearly anything. As a family unit, if you will come together, nearly in everything is possible when we are in agreement. But Jacob and Esau never had that agreement. They had completely different interests. The Bible says this, that Esau was an outdoorsman. It says Esau was his father's favorite son. And who in the world wouldn't have a favorite son that loves the great outdoors? And he was also a great hunter. So his dad was like, man, I'm proud of that boy. That boy is really going to become something. He's my oldest son. I am so proud of him. He's going to accomplish great things. He's going to climb great mountains. And I got this other son. His name's Jacob. He's the younger one. The Bible says this. He he noticed this. He liked to stay at home. He was kind of a mama's boy. He was his mama's favorite. In fact, by looking at the scriptures, he not only liked to stay at home, but I think he liked to cook. Okay? And his dad said, I got this one son. His name's Esau. He's going to do great things. And yes, I have another son. And I just don't, I don't know about him. I don't even know, you know, the the jury's still out on him. I'm still wondering about him. Esau, the firstborn. Esau is the firstborn son. He He was the rightful owner of the birthright. The birthright meant this, that he was entitled to inherit most of his father's property. And he would also inherit his father's authority, and he would also carry on his father's legacy. And so whenever Isaac looked at Esau, he said, man, there's a boy right there that's going to take my inheritance. He's going to take my authority. He's going to take my legacy, and he's probably going to conquer the world because he is just so great, and he is so wonderful. He was a rightful owner. Jacob was the younger son. Tradition said this about Jacob. He would receive, you know what, the leftovers. Whatever was left, whatever might remain, that he would receive the leftovers. But there was something about Jacob, okay? And I pray this. God, give us some radical dreamers like Jacob 
Because Jacob, even though he was not the oldest, even though he did not have a warrior mentality, Jacob coveted the birthright. Jacob realized the importance of the birthright. Jacob listened to the stories. You guys ever have family stories that you tell about grandpa? Bless God, your grandpa, I'll tell you what, I remember your grandpa, you know, he was a, a whatever he was, he was a pioneer, you know, he was a great man, he was an inventor, he was this, he was that, he lived through the direct de depression, he raised his family, he brought, he, he built himself up, he built a business, and people tell the stories about grandpa. Well, people told the stories about, about Jacob's grandpa was Abraham. And Jacob listened to the stories, and someone said, he listened to the story that, that said this, that God spoke to Abraham, and God said, Abraham, from you I will make a great nation. From you, your descendants, all the earth will be blessed by your descendants. And Jacob just held on to that, and he said, man, I, I want the birthright. Jacob said, I want to be the one whose descendants Cause all the earth to be blessed. I want to be the one. I want the birthright. He coveted the birthright. He dreamed that the great nation would, be, would arise from his descendants. He recognized the importance of the birthright. You know what I'm praying? I'm praying that God will give us some radical Jacobs that will realize the importance of the birthright. You know what our birthright is? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I'm praying, God, give us some radical dreamers who say, I want to share the birthright with a, with a, with a lost and a broken world. I want to reach out to other people that, that others see as undeserving and unworthy, and I want to share the truth. I want to share the birthright with them. God, give us some radical dreamers like Jacob. Jacob, he recognized the importance of his father's authority. He recognized the importance of his father's legacy. He recognized the importance of his father's inheritance. And so he spent his adolescence, he spent his teen life, he spent his young adult life trying to figure out a way to get the birthright. <laughs> you know? And maybe he shared the story with some of his friends. And he told his friends, he said, you know what, I, I really, I, I'm going to get that birthright. And his friends probably told him, they said, Jacob, you are totally absurd. Because you're, if Esau finds out you're trying to get his birthright, he's going to beat you up. Because he's a tough guy. He's an outdoorsman. He's strong. He's got a warrior mentality. He's a hunter. He'll just, he'll just knock you in the head. Jacob, it's, it's totally ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. But Jacob kept planning how in the world that he could get the birthright. Here's the, here's, here's the deal with Esau. He showed little interest in the birthright. Esau was intrigued by his own lifestyle, okay? Esau did not give a thought to the birthright. He did not give a consideration to the birthright. He was happy being an outdoorsman, okay? Now I want to ask you a question. Have we turned the air conditioner off? Because sometimes we do that, okay? And if we have, let's turn it back on, please. Okay? Or bring me a fan or something. <laughs> I might be having a hot flash up here. I don't know, okay? Esau showed no, no interest in the birthright. 
He was, he was happy with his own lifestyle. He was happy being an outdoorsman. He was happy being a hunter. He did not understand the significance of his father's authority. He did not understand the significance of his father's legacy. He did not understand the significance of the father's inheritance. You and I were created by God, okay? We try to outsmart these things, okay? These, these uh, HVA systems and tell them to do certain things at certain times. Because I've got people that tell me I'm freezing to death in the church. Is anyone freezing? Is anyone cold here? Is anyone warm? Switch places, okay? <laughs> We're going to be cooled off here in just a minute, okay? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We were created in God's likeness. We were created in God's image to carry on the legacy and the authority of God our Father through Jesus Christ, okay? So conflict separates, but agreement strengthens us. It encourages us and brings us together. Secondly, you are uniquely created and gifted by God. I want you to know that. You were created to honor God. You were created to serve God. Yet many of us are like Esau. We're so intrigued by what's going on in our life. We're so intrigued by our own lifestyle. We're so intrigued by our own hobbies. We just don't understand it. We just don't get it, okay? But God wants us to take the birthright to a lost and a dying world to help and to bless and to encourage other people. But so many times we, we just have no regard to carry on the work of the Father. We have no regard to, to, to speak in, in the authority of God the Father. We have, we have no, no desire to tell other people that there's a better way because we're wrapped up in what we're doing. But you are created uniquely by God and you are gifted by God today. So you don't have to be jealous of someone else's gift. You don't have to be jealous of how God's using someone else because God wants to use you. There's one of my favorite verses in the Bible is this one, Galatians chapter 6, verse 4. It says this, pay careful attention to your own work for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. God has gifted you. God has called you. And God has a purpose for your life. He wants you to take the birthright in your gift and in your calling and in your occupation. He wants you to take the birthright and share it with other people. It's Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, pastors' kids get used as illustrations in sermons all the time, okay? When Lauren was in school... Okay, now Lauren is my daughter. She's up here playing the piano. Not right now, but she was a while ago, okay? <laughs> she used to ask her the question. She'd say, Dad, how could I become rich? Anyone here want to figure out how to get rich? Yeah. Be nice, wouldn't it? Dad, how could I get rich? And, if, and I told her, I said, well, you know, if you want to choose an occupation that's very lucrative, I said, either become a doctor or a lawyer, okay? And because uh, I would go to court with people, and the only thing I ever saw happen in court was the, the attorney would file for a continuation, and the trial would just keep going on perpetually forever. I said, figure out, be an attorney and figure out how to file those continuations, and you're going to get filthy rich. Or be a doctor, okay? So she decides. 
She is going to become an optometrist, okay? That's an eye doctor, in case you don't know. <laughs> so we get her all enrolled in school. She's enrolled in the University of Missouri. We go there and check it all out, get her all set up. She's going in. And uh, bless God, I'm going to become an optometrist. I'm going to have nice income. But something happened along the journey. She went to a summer internship that summer before the fall semester started, and she served an internship down at River Point. I know we got some other people here that served internships at River Point. And she went down there, and God rocked her whole world, okay? And so she was down there, God began to speak to her, God began to deal with her, and so she comes home from the internship. She says, forget becoming an optometrist. I think God wants me to do something where I can help people more directly. So she decides... I want to be a school teacher. There's a lot of money in being a school teacher. Let me tell you that, folks. <laughs> she's, going to be a, she's going to help other people. So that's exactly what, what she did, and the rest is history, okay? I, I, let, me, let me also say this, okay? God needs optometrists. He needs teachers. He needs attorneys. He needs construction workers, okay? He needs clerical workers, he needs people that work at Walmart. God needs people in every walk of life because every one of us don't have the same interest. Every one of us don't have the same gift. Every one of us don't have the same talent. Every one of us don't have the same calling. But you are, are uniquely gifted and designed by God. And God wants you to take the birthright, Jesus Christ, and share it with other people. Today. God wants to use you. So I don't know what God is speaking into your spirit, okay? I don't know how God is talking to you, but God wants to use you. We got to pay attention to our own gift. We got to pay attention to our own calling, and we've got to do it well. You see, one day Esau came in from doing what he really enjoyed, and he enjoyed hunting. He came in, he was very hungry. Jacob was in the kitchen whipping up a batch of stew. Jacob walks in. He said, man, that really smells good. Can I have a bowl of it? And uh, Jacob says, I'll tell you what, Esau, let's make a deal. Light bulb goes off. Let's make a deal. I will trade you a bowl of stew for your birthright. E Esau says this, I'm starving. What good is my birthright to me right now? He did not think of the impact of his decision. That's a problem a lot of us have. We do not think of the impact of every decision. Every decision you make has implications, okay? Every decision, every move that you make. And, and Esau did not think through exactly what he was doing and what he was, what he was saying. He said, okay, Jacob, now listen, you can say what you want about Jacob. You can say Jacob was a cheater and a swindler. You can say what you want about Jacob. Say it. When we bought this church property, okay, this is 12 acres. And when we bought this property, there was a house that sat on this property back. It was a small house. It's only about 800 square foot. It sat back there by the sound booth. And we were painting it up, we're fixing it up, we're cleaning it up, 
because we got a worship leader that came and worked with us and served with us, a worship pastor, and we, didn't, we couldn't pay him any money, so we just gave him a house to live in. So we're painting the house, we're cleaning the house, and when we're working on it, a guy walks in the door, he says, what are you doing? What do you guys think you're doing? We said, we're fixing this place up. He said, this is my dad's house. You can't clean and fix up my dad's house. This is my dad's house. We said, we bought it fair and square. We, we purchased this. It was for sale. It was listed in real estate. We bought it free and clear. The guy said, this is dad's house. And here's exactly what he said. I think he's still alive. Let that sink in for a minute, okay? I think dad's still alive, okay? Well, he said, I'm going to call the police. We said, sir, go ahead and call the police. We bought this legally. We did not cheat anyone. We did not swindle anyone, okay? Jacob bought the birthright, okay? He bought it free and clear. He purchased it fair and square. Right here in Genesis chapter 25, verse 33, here's what it says, Darla. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. Esau agreed to sell the birthright for a bowl of stew. And the Bible says this. It goes on in the next verse. It says that Esau had contempt for his birthright. What in the world does contempt mean? Here's what it means. It means that Jacob thought the birthright was worthless. He thought the birthright was unworthy of his time and unworthy of his consideration. He did not recognize the importance of what God was trying to do in his life. He did not recognize the importance of his father's legacy or of his father's authority. What messes me up? What wrecks me is the number of people that think that all church is is a social club. We just get together and hang out with people we like, okay? They say, we just get together and hang out with people just like us. And bless God, if those people aren't like us and don't think like us and don't act like us, you know what we're going to do? We're going to run them off. The church is full of people like that. Not this one, because all you guys are wonderful. <laughs> You are, you are. All joking aside, you guys are amazing. But the church world is full of people that just don't get it. They think it's a country club, okay? They think it's a social gathering, okay? We are an army, and God has called us to work and act and move in his authority, in his name, in his gifts, in his calling, and to share the birthright with the lost and the dying world. That is what God has called us to do today. But so many people are just like Esau. They just don't get it. There's a call of God on your life. The Bible says this, many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. I have a good friend of mine. You know, I say that a lot. I've got a good friend of mine. I want you to know this. If you're my friend, you're a good friend of mine. I was thinking about a couple of weeks ago, I, I spoke, and I think I said a, about nine different people were good friends of mine. So know this. If you're my friend, you're a good friend, okay? 
You're not a common, ordinary, garden variety friend. You are a good friend. But I had a good friend, okay? And as a teenager, he was called to be a missionary. Every time we would have a missionary come through, he was moved in the spirit for the mission field. He would be broken in his spirit for the mission field. And I, I don't want to tell you right now that there's very few people that's called to be missionaries. A that is, a, that is a, a very, very difficult calling. But he was truly called to be a missionary. He would be broken in his spirit every time he began to think and he began to talk to me about becoming a missionary. But something happened in his life. He's, he did not pursue that calling. He did not pursue what God had put upon his heart. He let the cares of this life, he let the things of this life, he let his own things and his own hobbies and his own life, he was intrigued by what he was doing. A lot like Esau. He was intrigued by what he was doing and he just said forget about it. And here's what God did. What did God do? He used someone else. He sent someone else. He found someone else that was passionate. He found a Jacob. God is looking for a Jacob today. God is looking for someone. You might not be the oldest. You might not be the most worthy. You might not be the most deserving. In fact, bless God, you don't even deserve it because I don't deserve it either. But God sees your heart and God sees your passion and you've got a passion to do something for God like Jacob had a passion. He had a passion. He had a passion to serve. I pray, God, give us some dreamers, some radical dreamers and thinkers like Jacob. Jacob spent his life pursuing the birthright. You say, how do I do that, Pastor Bob? By developing your walk with the Lord. That means praying. That means seeking the will of God. That means serving wherever you find a need. That means living above reproach. First and foremost, that means loving the Lord God with all of your heart. And, and I want you to understand what I'm saying, okay? You've got to understand what I'm saying. I grew up at a time, and I'm, I'm going to bring this thing to a close because I'm going to talk about it again next week. i got more stuff next week, okay? But I grew up at a time where the, everyone tried to pigeonhole everyone into being a pastor, okay? And I'm not trying to do that to you, okay? That's not my goal. That's not my intent. I don't want you to walk away from here and say, well, Pastor Bob's telling us all to go out and be pastors. Pastor Bob's telling us all all go out and be missionaries. If you think that, you got it all wrong, okay? Because God needs housewives, okay? And God needs office workers. And like I said, right down the line, God needs from every walk of life, from every profession, God needs individuals that will carry the Father's legacy and carry the Father's authority and, and, and take the birthright to a lost and dying world. God wants to work through us. God wants to use us today. So it's about developing and pursuing the birthright. It's about developing our walk with the Lord. It's about talking with the Lord on a daily basis. It's about serving wherever we see a need. It's about living for God. The difference between Jacob and Esau was this. Jacob pursued the gifts of God, the things of God, and Esau pursued his own interest and his own thing. That was the difference. That was the difference. 
I want to be like Jacob. I'm pursuing the things of God. Jacob was the oldest son. He was entitled to the birthright, but he disregarded it. He disregarded the call of God in his life, and Jacob pursued the call. He pursued the gift, and God chose to use Jacob instead. Okay? Understand this, that God always sees, God sees the end from the beginning. It was prophesied at birth. It was prophesied before these boys were born that the older would serve the younger. It, God saw the heart of Jacob even before he was born. God, God, God knows who is interested in the legacy. God knows who is, has a passion for the birthright. God knows who has a passion for the father's authority and the father's inheritance, and God saw that. I've got people that come to me. I've, I've had this happen on more than one occasion. And they said, I, we want to do what you do. I said, what are you talking about? We, I want to be a pastor. I said, really? I asked him one question. Here's the first question. Are you called to be a pastor? They said, well, I don't know if I am or not. But I really like what you do, and I would love to do it. I said, okay. What are you doing to make it happen? How, what are you doing to pursue it? Well, not really anything, but I really like what you're doing. I really like the thought of, of what you do. You see, they see this Sunday morning thing, thing, okay? This Sunday morning thing is not 3% of what I do as a pastor. This, is a, this right here is the icing on the cake. I, I meet with ministers all the time. I, we work and help ministers receive credentials, okay? And they want to talk about preaching. Preaching is a very small part. Speaking is a very small part of what we do. But rather, it is about sharing the birthright. It's about going and ministering to the homeless person that's on the street, okay? It's about, my phone rang one night at uh, 2 a.m. Lady called me. She said, Pastor, my husband has just walked away from a, from a correctional facility. He says he's heading home. What am I going to do? I said, oh, God, help us. Help us. Two days later, that man was at our church. He was an escaped convict. <laughs> this is the life of a pastor, folks. This is the life of a pastor. It's not just like liking the idea, okay, but what are we doing today? God is called. We are called of God. We are gifted of God today. Promotion and advancement comes from the Lord today. You see, God knows who will honor him. God knows who is going to pursue him. God knows who is going to serve him. If promotion and advancement comes from the Lord. There's a verse here, and I'll, I'll end with this verse. Matthew chapter 25, verse 29. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance but from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. The question is this, what are you doing with what God has put in your hand right now? Okay? What are you, what are you doing with the birthright? If you're saved, if, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you have got a testimony, you've got a story to share with someone else, you've got a, you've got a transformational witness 
to give to other people. What are you doing with what God has put in your hands? And if you will be faithful in the small things, if you will be faithful in the, in the tiniest of things, God will open up more doors for you. And God will give you bigger opportunities. But what in the world are we doing? God is looking for a Jacob. God is looking for someone that recognizes and is pursuing the legacy of the Father, the authority of the Father, the birthright, Jesus Christ, to share with other people. That's what God is looking for today. I pray that I and that individual, I pray that you will seek to that kind of, be that kind of man or that kind of woman in your life. Let's close with prayer. Stand with us today. We're going to sing and we're going to praise God for a few moments. We're going to be praying for some individuals that might need prayer today. But let's close this portion with, our, with this prayer before we sing. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, today. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for like-minded individuals. Thank you, God, for, for individuals, for a church body that comes together in agreement. And, Lord, we are in agreement to build the kingdom of God. We are in agreement to lift up Jesus Christ. Because, Jesus, you said, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. I pray, God, as a church, that we will not be so consumed with our own ideas and our own interests that we just push everyone else out. But, God, let us be loving and let us be long-suffering toward other people. And God, let us see the need. And God, give us some radical dreamers and doers like Jacob that will give everything to do your will, that will do everything to carry on your name. God, help us, I pray. Help us, I pray. Deal with us, I pray today. In Christ's name, amen. God bless you this morning. Let's sing and, and praise the Lord. Before you run out, let's just spend a couple minutes talking to the Lord today. Come on, let God touch you. Let God bless you. If you're here this morning and need prayer, I want to encourage you to come.